This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joire. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joire, and today is Black Friday, Friday, November 24th, 2017. My guest is Sean Hollister of CNET. Hi, Sean. How are you? Great, great. It's great to be talking to you again. Yeah, it's so nice to have you on the podcast. I don't think I've ever had anybody from CNET on, but I mean, it's only number 29, I think. So there's a few more years and I'll have all of you. Yeah, I'd like to have Scott on at some point. So if you can put in a good word. Absolutely. I I think I reached out to him, but I haven't heard back. Anyway, um, Black Friday, so we can talk about some deals. But you know what I really want to talk about? Because I just came back from being away for three weeks, is the OnePlus 5T. Mm, Yes, indeed. Do you have one? I don't. I don't yet. We reviewed one for CNET very recently, though. Okay, good. Um, I just got mine this morning. I just did an unboxing video literally just before jumping on Skype with you for this podcast. Um, So you guys listening to this now will definitely find the video on my YouTube channel. Uh, Go check it out. Um, And I obviously didn't get it till today because I was away, but um, I'll let you know what I think. Um, What's your take on, you know, reading the various reviews? Let's let's just discuss what the general zeitgeist on this phone is right now. I mean, I feel like people are a little bit confused that the cameras changed because people are really into this normal lens and then there's zoom lens you can zoom in on things and we don't exactly have that anymore now do we with the oneplus 5t but the screen's bigger you know it seems like a nicer phone in some ways but for me personally i like my phones a little bit smaller and i really like a great uh, a great camera and i was looking forward to having maybe a zoom camera on this one, because I'd seen them do it with the previous one. And instead, they're going for something a little bit different. They've got the uh, the low-light camera instead as their secondary, which I think is yeah, I question, super intriguing. Definitely. I question that decision, though. I mean, to me, why not put a good OIS system on the main camera and call it a day at that point? Exactly, which is what we just saw Google do with the Pixels, right? They said, one camera is good enough if you put everything in it. And now OnePlus has two in order to get some of everything. Well, then granted, you know, nobody else has had access. I don't think nobody, anybody else, maybe Samsung and LG are the only ones that could do this at this point. Is use the dual pixels on the sensor for depth perception and, and for portrait mode. So I don't think OnePlus has access to that technology. Is that exclusive to them, though? I thought everybody was using you know, Sony sensors at this point. And no, I think it's, it's. I think it's. It's not. It's not exclusive, but it's. It's. It. It requires know-how they don't have in house. Ah, okay, okay. Because I, I do right? feel like we're at the point where the camera is one of the main distinguishing pieces between one high-end smartphone and another, and they really do have that edge with the dual pixel sensors. You're right. Oh, for sure. But I mean, the dual pixel sensors using dual pixel for autofocus is is a pretty common thing. It's using dual pixel for depth perception. Nobody's done that other than Google on the Pixel 2. Right. And that's the computational photography know-how. Exactly. And I think the only other people to be able to pull this off potentially at this point is LG and Samsung and maybe Apple. But I I don't think anybody else has the chops to be able to do that. It requires custom coding of the ISP, I think. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. I mean, that's my theory. Well, I, 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 it makes a lot of sense to me. And definitely p- teams that have a lot of software know-how 
um, are going to be able to do that a little bit easier. And we're seeing like a lot of phones come out now where I feel like the camera software know-how isn't quite there. I've been playing with the Razer phone recently. I've been playing with the Essential phone and those apps are just so bare bones and the pictures are, you know, so lacking, not because of the cameras themselves, but because the software know-how isn't there. Yeah, I mean that's definitely my 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 take on the flagship situation right now. There is those who do the camera right and those who do the camera wrong. And in the camera wrong box there is, you know, Essential, there is the Razer, there is uh the OnePlus 5, there is uh the Z2 Force. Uh you know, I'm only picking flagship grade 835 phones here. Mm-hmm. But all those do not live up to what I expect today from a camera on a flagship, meaning what we see on uh, Samsung's phones with the S8, Note 8, and even the S7 prior, and then the the Pixel, Pixel 2, uh, mm-hmm. the, the uh, let's see, you know, the Apple phones and uh, the iPhones, and then what else do we have? Uh, LG with the V30 and the G6, and, yeah. and you know, all of those, there. right? And, and it's like, it's vexing. It's it, it, vexing. It How can they screw this up? I feel like the, the, the really the real test, the real the real uh, pain point for me is that if you load Google's camera app onto any of these eight three five devices, because it was designed to work with the Snapdragon eight three five ISP, if you load that onto any of these devices, it takes way better pictures often exactly. than the software that came on the phone. And that's how you can really tell it's software. You put Google's app on there, you take this leaked APK and stick it on your phone, all of a sudden you're taking amazing automatic HDR shots all the time instead of struggling Absolutely. with what's on the phone to begin with. And I did that with my Essential. So question to you, are you talking about the Pixel 2 app or the Pixel 1 app? Because I'm using the Pixel 1 I'm actually talking about the Pixel 1 app. Yeah, I haven't even started with Pixel 2. So Pixel 1 app is available on XDA forums or on APK uh, Mirror or wherever. One of Mm -hmm. those sites, you can get it and it works not on every phone. So for example, I tried it on the G6 back in the day, which is an 821 phone, which should work, doesn't work. Tried it on the Mi Mix 2 835 phone didn't work. And when I say didn't work is you can install the app, but it crashes the moment you launch it. Yeah. Um, developers are still tweaking works. a little bit. Some of the third, uh, yeah. some of the freelance developers out there got their hands on this. They're tweaking it to work with various phones. So maybe not. So now my APK is a little old now because I didn't go and fetch another one. But the one I got, which is from back in May or June, works fine on the Essential and it makes the Essential actually usable as a camera phone. So much better. Right, but you lose monochrome. Well, you don't lose it because you have to start the other camera up to get the monochrome. <laughs> but, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you're losing that much, to be honest. I haven't well, seen exactly a scenario not. That's where the point. I mean, combining exactly. the two helps. It's only when you're saying, I, I'm going to take a black and white shot intentionally that's what I mean. that you really that's get what I mean. a difference. So that's when I go to the actual native camera. I want an intentional monochrome shot. Um, but it's sad because, you know, you see what Huawei has done with the monochrome camera. Right on the P uh, ten and the Describe Mate nine and the Mate ten. Oh, it's phenomenal! I mean, they are doing a number of things so computationally here. They're, they started with a P nine and then it trickled down to the the, the Mate nine and the P ten and on the Mate ten, and it continually it continually evolves and improves. The P nine only had I had a, basically a monochrome and a and a color lens that were identical in spec, and and then the Mate nine added. Uh, I OIS to both lenses, oh. and then the P10 
added um, portrait photography to that. And then the Mate 10 now adds a whole bunch of AI-based uh, computational photography to that for, for both portrait and automatic um, you know, detection of what, what's in the scene to optimize the camera settings. So basically, uh, they do you know, neural network AI processing of the image in real time to say, oh, this is a sunset over a city right and right. what should i do to the isp to make this come out better kind of what the google does with pixel 2 um so so, I so it's kind of interesting i to want to get back to oneplus 5t and, and find out what you like about that phone but just for, just for a moment since we're out of huawei isn't it incredible how powerful this company's become i feel like they might be you know the 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 company that really really makes a huge splash in the u.s if they can ever get their name out here if they can ever like or maybe they rebrand or something because they are doing some really amazing things with phones like you're saying oh my god yeah but i mean it's been going on for a long time i've been following this for a while and i mean honestly i think the p9 was a turning point and followed by the honor 8 in the u.s which is basically a p9 P9 for the U.S. market. But have you ever seen one of those in the wild in the U.S.? No, of course not. But, right. that, but that's and that's the problem, right? I mean, but but the reality is, you know, it's going to take some time. But I think it's a smart strategy for Huawei and Honor. And there there is a, a whole problem right there with the fact that they have two brands and two lineups that are mm -hmm. sold in the U.S. And uh, it's even blurring the waters further. I've told them that many times right in their face at the execs. I said, yeah, this, is a strat this is a strategic mistake to have these two brands and, and, and not define clearly what they are in the U.S. if you want to eventually grow to this market. Uh, but, but the thing is that they are going after us, the, the tech media and the early adopters and tech savvy folk and creating a brand image that Huawei makes super high-end phones that compete easily with Samsung and Apple. And I think that's very smart. Yeah. You got to start somewhere and you're not going to be able to get anywhere with the carriers, right? In this country. I mean, the reality is they don't care until, you know, there's demand from the customers. They're not going to deal with it. So you got to create true. that demand somehow. I feel like and the I, I feel like the early strategy. adopters. That's that's smart. It's smart because if you just have a track record of great products and people just see time after time, if the early adopters and the tech reviewers see time after time that you're making great products, then when it rolls around and you do decide to launch here in a meaningful way, we'll be there to tell people about it. Yeah. A few missteps so, though, like the Nexus 6P. You know, that's actually a Huawei device, right? It's a great Huawei device. Uh, it's a great Huawei device until you find it boot looping on you and things well, like that. Well, I haven't that. had that, so I don't care. Oh, okay. So it's a great well, Huawei device. <laughs> <laughs> I, have two of, I have two of them that I use extensively. I've never had an issue. It's the same thing with a lot of people are telling me, why do you love LG phones? I've only had problems with LG phones. I have never had an LG phone crap out on me. And I've used them as my daily drivers a lot, including the Nexus phones. And and I don't understand what people are complaining about. I'm sure it happens, but I think it's just a vocal minority. You know, I think there's just a few of them that had a really bad experience and they happen to be very vocal in forums. I, I hope that's and true. I, I don't <laughs> think it's more of an issue than any other phone. I've got lots of phones that crap out. I've had a friend have, you know, like a, a perfectly good pixel crap out on them. Because I don't know, something went wrong with the connector. It almost caught fire. You know, it's like yeah. it's an HTC phone. That never happens. But right? the OnePlus so. 5T, so $500 for flagship specs. Yeah, the cameras are a little different than before, but this is a pretty incredible price yet again from OnePlus for what you're getting. 
What do you like yeah. about it? What do you not like about it? Having well, look, I love I love OnePlus. I'll, I'll be saying this. I mean, I'm slightly biased. Immediately, they're kind of like an underdog. They're, you know, they're close to my heart. I think they're, they're you know, there's a lot of things I've did wrong. The OnePlus 2 is a, definitely a mistake, I think, uh, in many ways. Uh, and they recover from that with the 3. And the 5, I think, is is was a good step forward for them. Um, exploring this dual camera stuff, you know, not getting it right. I knew it would be the case, but they needed to do something, right? The 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 three and three T had basically on paper what you needed spec wise. They had a good sensor, a fast lens, f over two point is okay. They had OIS, but yet they didn't shine in imaging, right? So. Mm-hmm. They tried something else. I think they made the wrong choice. I think going telephoto on the five, you know, and doing portrait mode added complexity that they did not have the expertise to handle. They should have just focused on a single lens OIS camera with f of 1.7 that really, really, really nailed imaging. And then on the 5T, then they could have enhanced upon that. What they did with the 5T is kind of like fix... They, they, it's weird what they did. They, they basically said, we want to keep portrait mode and we don't know how to do it with a single lens, so we're going to put two lenses in. But we really messed up the telephoto last time, so we're not going to put that in anymore. <laughs> and a lot of people bitched about the, the low light performance of the 5, so we're going to improve the low light performance of 5, not by doing the most obvious things that you would do, which is add OIS, but hey, by adding a second camera with a larger sensor and smaller pixels with a fast lens f1.7 and only kick it in when the light level is below 10 lux and i don't know if you know what 10 lux is guys but it's really low light like you're talking about just the glow of an led in a bedroom kind of level of light yeah and so does it work well i just got the phone i'll let you know but my readings and my discussions with many people online has been that no it doesn't really work in the sense that it doesn't kick in when you know kicks in so rarely first of all and when it does it does pixel binning so it takes a 20 megapixel 20 megapixel picture and it combines four nearby pixels into one you're quadring the resolution Mm -hmm. down right Mm -hmm. uh to five megapixel which is still fine um and you know does all kinds of computational goodness on filters and 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 noise reduction to get an acceptable photo which is is a proven technology Uh, you know pure view on nokia and microsoft phones did that for years and it worked the problem is that it happens so rarely that the only thing this camera does is the occasional low light shot and then portrait mode. When really, it's like, it seems wasted. And, you know, I would have done very differently. I think I would have done a monochrome sensor um, like Huawei does and combine the monochrome and color sensor at all times to improve dynamic range, which is what Huawei does. That Huawei phones have the best dynamic range of like, you know, together with their work with Leica really shines. They, they, they incredible dynamic range because they're doing two sensors. One is focusing on light only and one is doing the color stuff. And the light one is a higher resolution one, 20. And the, you know, so they could have, they, they could exactly do that with a monochrome sensor instead of a color sensor mm. on that 20 megapixel. And they didn't do that. It's, it's, I've never seen an application using two cameras the same way as OnePlus is. It's, it's new to me, this concept of a 16 and a 20 megapixel, both roughly the same field of view, f of 1.7, one only kicks in in low light and does pixel binning only. And then oh. it's getting it's getting used for portrait. Weird. Seems just, like it's just really new weird. And, and kind of dumb. <laughs> and and my point is when you're exactly and when you're one plus you don't have the imaging expertise you don't do new. 
Okay. <laughs> so you, you don't try. That, I know that that's not their strength. Their strength is not to to innovate. It's to bring these things down to a crazy low price while keeping the quality very high. But uh, you know what I do like about the OnePlus Five T. You know what my favorite thing about it is? Well, guess, uh-huh, guess, guess, guess what? Guess what it is? The screen. No, 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 no. It's the fingerprint sensor placement. Oh, in the back, yeah, I, that's fantastic. I, I love, love fingerprint sensors. Fingerprint sensor divots on the backs of phones. I loved it in my LG V30. I love it in the Pixel phones, and I love it here in the OnePlus 5T. That is where the fingerprint sensor should go because it's where your finger, your index finger, is naturally going to rest on the back of the phone, and you can use it to log in immediately there. You can use it to keep the phone balanced nicely because it's got that little divot, so you got a place to have a have it perch and grasp it easily in one hand. I wish everybody would just give up and do that. I agree 100%. And, of course, Apple's moving on to Face ID. And I think we're going to see full-on Face ID next year for everything. Um, and 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 OnePlus, it did introduce a Face ID Lite, uh, fake Face ID, whatever yeah. you want to call it. A, uh, it's interesting because it's not just the face vector, like it's not just the face biometrics recognition that Android's had for a long time now, since the what, since the Nexus, oh, what God, was it, long uh, time. Galaxy Nexus? Say, was it Galaxy Nexus Sandwich they introduced that or was it earlier? I don't know. Yeah, I think... I think it's ice cream sandwich. Okay. So Galaxy Nexus, right? I think so. That sounds about right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it never really worked very well because you could use a photo to... Uh, anyway, the point is this is slightly better because it does some more depth-ish type stuff to the signal, whatever. I don't know exactly to how it works. I need to read or, up on it. Yeah, but me neither. People are saying it's it's pretty reliable and it, they know it's not as secure as Face ID, but it, you know, I think I think it's Apple's onto something with Face ID f- uh, because they, they're onto doing continuous authentication like continuous you know validation of the 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 credentials right if you if you pass the phone to someone else it theoretically could stop showing up notifications you know what i'm saying yeah i mean the incredible thing about face id is forget about how you know what apple is promising how secure it is forget about how secure you think it is the banks have agreed it's secure enough you can make payments and right. that is the benchmark. If 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 people are willing to throw money at this technology, this security technology, if they think it's that secure, then you know it's secure enough to uh, to to really you know make some use out of. And this one isn't in the OnePlus Five T. You know you can't do the payments. No, here. no, no. So so, but I mean it's good because you know when you're looking at your phone, uh, being able to just unlock it is nice. And even though it doesn't do yeah, anyway, the point is I think I I'm happy that they did that. It's an interesting kind of like. I don't, I want to say half-assed because that sounds bad, <laughs> but it, so because it's not half-assed, but it's yeah, kind of a halfway yeah, yeah. step towards doing what Apple is doing. It's more reliable and faster it. than Samsung's retinal scan thing or whatever, uh, which for me doesn't work on any of their phones ever, no matter what glasses I'm wearing or not wearing. Uh, I don't know. I can't get it to work on it's Samsung. It's just a phones. hassle. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, it, that's, that's a, a good hassle. point. I mean, can you compare this to Samsung? Samsung's thing is still easy to fool and or doesn't work. It is a hassle to use. The Apple one is easy and works great, and you can use it for payments. This is like in between. It works fine. It's not a hassle to use, but it's not going to take you all the way there. Correct. So I think I think I'm I'm happy to see them do that. I love the fingerprint placement. Things I love about the OnePlus Five, let T, five T. Let's go. 
for screen. I'm ever since I started, I reviewed the G6 for chip check. Uh, there was the first ultra wide display two by one aspect ratio 18.9 that I used. I was like, this is the future. Maximize screen real estate and minimize phone size is the future. Now the 5T doesn't pull that off because it's a pretty big phone. It's actually, even though it's not that much bigger when you put it side by side with the 5, which I just did in my unboxing video like half an hour ago, mm-hmm. I was surprised that it, like my gut feeling unboxing it like looking at it the first time was like, this is huge, but it's not. It's only slightly bigger than the five, but man, it feels so much bigger somehow. Yet it's not, and six inches is pretty decent for that physical frame that they have there. But I like the, you know, I like the V30. That's a sweet spot for me. You reviewed it, so we'll talk about it in a minute. But the V30, like the S8 is too small. The S8 Plus is too big. The Note 8 is too big, way too big. The, uh, (laughs) but the V30 is perfect. And I think the V30 is still, it's 5.9 or six inches and it's still smaller than the OnePlus 5T. So the OnePlus 5T doesn't does have edge, uh, side edges and side bezels top and bottom that are still a little bigger than what you see on a V30. And then the Pixel 2 XL has ridiculous bezels for the kind of display. I don't it has, know right? why they're so large phone. there. Why? Because the squeeze. Because the squeeze. Oh, who wants the squeeze, squeeze sensors in the squeeze. size? I don't. I don't. Who needs the squeeze. the squeeze? I agree. Who? Nobody cares about the squeeze. They could have done. If you put a, a Pixel Two XL, same display, side by side with the V30. The V30 is such a sexier phone. It I'm is. like, I don't understand how it's possible to make so much bezel on a phone that's supposed to be bezelless. But maybe it's not supposed to be bezel-less. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe uh, Samsung has spoiled us in, in a way LG has spoiled us because they're the makers of displays and they define what it should be with the G6, V30, S8, S8 Plus, Note 8. But And now we're like, oh, everybody else is trying to do it, but they're not achieving it somehow, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So, so the manufacturer for the Pixel 2 XL is what? HTC, right? That's the HTC is the OD, OEM behind. No, H, Pixel 2 XL is LG. Pixel oh, is 2 LG. is HTC. Okay, okay. So, I mean, if that's LG. That's why it's an is, LG display. That's yeah. what I thought. So, if LG is building both phones, why would Google allow them to, you know, keep the sexier design for their own phone? Wouldn't Google say, give us your sexiest design? No, because Google wanted to, the, 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 to make some profits on these phones and the, the, they made LG make a cheap phone. It's a cheaper phone to make than the V30. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's got to be true. Uh, I mean, the V30, so honestly, is one of my favorite phones of the year. I mean, let's talk about the V30 we for could, a second. Let's could, segue yeah. into the V30. Okay. Because you reviewed it recently. I've played with it since. I've had, I still use my pre-production prototype because <laughs> it's unlocked, and I don't want to use a locked US phone, which is the one they sent me, I oh, think, is the Verizon one. They sent me an AT&T, and it is just so loaded with bloat. I had to go through, like, five different set up screens denying various monitoring that they wanted to do it used up like a third of a gigabyte of my data downloading apps through its at&t program that i didn't want and didn't ask for just crazy stupid bloatware on here if you're looking at a v30 please for the love of god buy the unlocked version it does cdm and gsm gsm and cdma works on any carrier and costs the same amount as the carrier versions you can get it for the same yeah, amount ne- of money. Yeah, never buy a carrier phone, guys. You hear it from us all the time, tech journalists. 
Look, you can put it on your credit card and do monthly payment plan if you have to, but just just forget using their payment plan and they're rolling into your into your into your you know your actual cell phone plan BS. Like, don't do it. It's not just worth all the Just buy your phones unlocked. You own the terminal up front. Like, imagine buying a car that you can only fill up at Shell stations <laughs> and drive on Shell roads. It's so true. Would you do that? You wouldn't. So some people the same would. With your phone. Some people would, but no, thank some God, people totally thank would. God they some people totally would. Some people totally would. If you told them their car only cost you know ten dollars a day, they might do it. But anyhow, anyhow, you you're listening to this podcast. You're smarter than that. Don't do it. Tell your friends not to do it. Anyhow, aside from the bloat, <laughs> thanks, the Sean. V30, I like it. <laughs> the V30 is pretty phenomenal i mean i i do not understand why aside from the camera the pixel 2 xl is so much worse because this is just it's a great phone it feels great in the hand even though for me personally you say the you say the v30 is just the right size the s8 is a little bit too small i like smaller phones i think the s8 feels a little bit better in my hand. you know the one that really as an aside has really made me happy to use in the last i only got one about two or three weeks ago and i've been using it extensively i was away for three weeks i just got back and so so i was on a on a on a holiday trip i went to morocco and oh. i brought a bunch of phones with me oh, nice. and the, the one that's really size wise made me go like this is the perfect phone size was the essential yes yes i've got two of them I in mean, front of me andy, right now, if, and you know andy rubin did a lot of things wrong in this phone's launch i don't understand which thing why would he do these things wrong though he's the guy who made android happen he's the guy who made sidekick happen he's known for this incredible batch of software and yet it's the hardware that's right about the essential and the software that's weird Correct. It. It's weird, right? I but it. I mean, the hardware, wow, the hardware on that phone, other than the camera. The, I mean, look, honestly, there's actually nothing wrong with the camera if you use the Pixel app. But here's what's wrong with the camera, even if you use a Pixel app, no OIS. If that camera had OIS on the main shooter and you use the Pixel camera app, you'd be in heaven with that camera. Okay, here's the question. Would you be willing to accept a camera bulge in the essential phone for OIS? Because they, they say it's it's to get rid of the bulge. That's the reason they did it. So it's nice and flush. The whole phone is just this beautiful I would not be willing slab. to accept. I would not be willing to accept the bulge because I think the design is perfect. But at the same time, I think that's BS when they're saying that they did it because it would protrude. Because it wouldn't. There are like V, look, look V30, OIS on the main module, doesn't protrude. Has a screen on top of the camera module. I mean, it's it possible. Very slightly protrudes. Like there's I a mean, very, very tiny But my point is, you could do that on the, if you did that to the essential, it still wouldn't ruin it, I think. The point is that they are, they can't get the modules. They cannot get the modules. They can't yeah. afford the modules. I think it's that. And, but also, I mean, it seems like, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like at some point, some manufacturer of dual color monochrome modules came to these companies and said, we're promising you the world. We're going to do amazing things. You get this thing from us now and you're going to have an amazing camera and we'll keep issuing updates so you can have like depth and all kinds of crazy dual camera features. Because I look at the Razer phone and I look at the Essential and, I, and I'm like, there's got to be some module maker behind them that was just promising these phone companies the world. Well, I hate to say that, but maybe it's not the module makers. Maybe it's Qualcomm. Really? And I'm not saying that in a bad way because I love Qualcomm and I think they're doing the right thing. I think that they are, 
they are definitely delivering on what can be done with the software on these phones. But I think they are underestimating what we enthusiasts in camera buffs deem to be important. They're looking at more as a holistic view of, you know, camera is part, imaging is part of a whole bunch of things. It's part of, of course, saving your memories of your family and friends and your daily life, which is what most people, why most people want a good camera today on their phones. But they're also looking at, we want to be able to do AR. We want to be able to do a bunch of other stuff, right? So the moment you add multiple camera modules, even if you have to cut costs and remove OIS, right, mm -hmm. you are opening AR depth perception. You're opening the the you know the the way for other things that the camera can be used to that are kind of like things that Qualcomm is pushing, right? I mean, theoretically, but that's that's assuming that the phone manufacturers are going to spend the time to deliver the updates and deliver and the some, APIs needed to make some those do. Work. Some do. I mean, look, you HTC U11, U11 Plus, right? Worked closely with Qualcomm on on the imaging and delivered. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, OnePlus, Qualcomm offered them all the same stuff, right? Qualcomm is the same ISP and is offering the same software package to them, is offering to work with them to fine-tune things. Did they take that offer? No, because they wanted to go to market really quickly. And I think that's one of the long, like, again, I'm a big fan of OnePlus, but one of the issues they have is that they, they don't follow through. Do you think we're going to see a lot of updates on this OnePlus 5T camera? No. The OnePlus no. 6 is what they're working on now, and it's coming out in March. I'm surprised Trust we've seen me as many updates this. for Essential. I think it's only because they really, really need to repair their reputation after not shipping quickly, after you know exactly. the delays that they're putting so much effort into the software. It actually is getting some updates. I don't think they're enough but they are there they're, <laughs> they're putting a lot of up software updates into the essential for sure my so my you know my take basically on my take on on the oneplus 5t so far after like unboxing it basically and reading other people's reviews is weird camera setup that i don't think solves really solves the problem they're having um and that you know it only enables one thing that they really want they couldn't go back on which was portrait mode but they did go back on the telephoto which i think personally was more useful than what they have now um if i know the low light performance is kind of meh i'm i'm gonna live with that but you know you know they removed a pretty major feature the tele removing the telephoto which is a feature that you know apple has and and I think for a lot of people who don't know much about photography, seeing a dual lens system, they assume that one of those lenses is either a telelens or ultra wide angle, like on the LG. Some of them, very few people know about the monochrome thing. And going back to Huawei again, briefly, what the way they're doing it is actually very interesting because they're using not only the, they're using two sensors all the time and they can do portrait mode and stuff, but the mono sensor is 20 megapixel and allows pixel binning and all yeah. kinds of software trickery for zoom. They have a lossless two times zoom. So they essentially have a telephoto lens. See what I'm saying? I guess so, I can see that. Yeah. You know, but it's the same as uh, the 41 megapixel PureView phones, right? Like they could they could zoom up to four time losslessly because the output's a five megapixel photo, right? So let's let's talk about let's go back to the LG V30 though, because here we've got dual cameras being used for something that's one spectacular and two very easy to understand. And um, more importantly, they're not trying to do portrait photography. Yeah, there's there's no there's no special care. depth here. There's no I special know. portrait modes here like on iPhone. It's just you now have the ability to zoom out 
to do wide angle photography. You can do landscapes. Do- so the number of times that I can't move backwards physically to take a shot. And I use the wide angle on my V30 or G6 to do it. I started surprisingly high, actually. I started shooting that way default because I'd be out and about. I'd be like, I would rather see a different perspective on my photos than I get from every other phone. I'd like to see more of the surroundings. And so I started just shooting that way. I would shoot inside my house. I'd, I'd get my, uh, my, my daughter, June. She's, uh, she just turned one recently. I'd get pictures of her. Thank you. I'd get pictures of her, you know, playing with her food and playing with toys and so on. And you can get so close and get so much. You can get down like into her world with this wide angle lens. And you can't do that with a normal lens. With a normal lens, you're always a photographer outside the scene taking pictures of something over there. And with the wide angle, you are inside the scene taking pictures of stuff all around you. I, I saw this Ferrari out on the street in Saratoga. I asked the owner, hey, can I take a picture of your car? I took one with the normal lens on the Samsung S8 Plus, and it was like, okay, I'm looking at a cool car. I can see the interior. Then I brought the LG V30 up right over the, uh, over the passenger compartment. Now it looks like you're in the car. It looks like you're exactly. driving this thing. You're inside looking at the beautiful leather interior. It's just a, such a difference, and I wish more companies would try this wide-angle thing, you know? Yeah, well, so the only other person who's done it so far is Motorola with one of their phones. Uh, let me think, what phone was it? Oh, boy. Mm. One of the G, G5S Plus or the X4? Which one was it? Boy, I can't I have remember. To Google X4 it. is the new one. Yeah, well, the, G5 X, the G5S Plus is also around this. They came out around the same time. Uh, Moto, I'm Googling it. Me too. Moto G5 <laughs> S Plus. I believe that's the one that's got the wide angle on it. Uh, so it says the 8 megapixel has a 120 degree field of view on the X4. So I'm thinking it's the X4 because 120 degrees sounds nice and wide see. to me. Yeah, you, you do look at the specs on the X4. I'll look at the specs on the other one. That way we are covered. <laughs> yeah. We're doing the work like for this. you on the podcast. I know. Usually we I tell them to look it up, and can, but I think I want to, I want to, I kind of like it. Okay. So, correct. I think you're, you're right because the, so the, the, the Z2 Force definitely has a mono and color lens, right? It's, it's like doing the Huawei thing. Mm-hmm. The uh, G5S Plus has, a dual 13 megapixel on the back. Um, and it uh, doesn't tell you anything about them. Great. Yeah. The spec so what are you reading the there? Are, what are you reading? I there? am not finding a spec page here at Motorola's site, which is you know, super dumb. If you type, uh, if you type GSM Arena is, has really is. good. I do use GSM Arena a lot of the time. Okay, here we go. Um... Rear camera. Yeah, here we go. 8 megapixel ultra wide angle with 120 degree field of view. It's an f2.2 aperture and 1.12. Uh, so that's the X4. Yeah, X4 has. So the X4 is the phone that Moto did. So the, the only other phone other than LG that can do wide angle on one lens is the X4. Incidentally, it's $60 off right now for Black Friday. That's a good deal, actually. That's a good. I really yeah. like that phone. It's already I reviewed it. I reviewed the Android One version, so I don't know about the other one. But the Android One has my blessing. It's beautifully made too. It's a glass sandwich of the best kind. Three hundred forty dollars uh, US for unlocked X four. Uh, pretty much anywhere right now. New Egg, Walmart, Jet, B and H, Photo, Best Buy. Yeah, it's good. That's Lots. good. 
So anyway, going back, to, I know we're talking, like we're doing circles, I love it. It's kind of great because we're touching on the three phones <laughs> we want to touch on repeatedly, which is great. So we're not touching the razor yet, but we'll do more. 5T, well, I don't have, honestly, like this is a weird thing about, okay, I'm a, I was a huge, I, I did a huge amount of coverage on the Nextbit phones, uh, phone back in the day. And then, you know, I figured that if Razor did a phone because their PR and marketing people got absorbed, that they would reach out to me. Nope. They completely ignored me. I didn't even know. Out of left field, I'm like surfing, you know, the web and all of a sudden I see this Razor phone and I'm like, wait a minute. Why didn't you offer me this under embargo oh. at least or briefing or something? They didn't. So oh. I finally reached out to them and asked for review unit. I'm still waiting for review unit. They're kind of dicking me around about it right now. Kind of like Essential. Essential took three months to deliver me a review unit. But once they did, I have to say I'm really impressed with it. Hey, hey folks, um, folks, carriers, uh, manufacturers, people who make phones, Miriam knows her shit. <laughs> don't, don't, don't take Miriam around. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks, Sean. Uh, yeah, so the five, so the five, the five T. I love the screen. I love the fingerprint reader in the back. It's a bit bigger than I thought, and it feels a little bulkier. And that camera bump is really sticking out because the display is in the way. And that all of that is a little like it's a little weird in a way. It's a step forward, right? The the wide the two by one ratio screen, the bezelless display, the fingerprint reader in the back. And in a way, it's a step back because it's bulkier a little bit, like just enough that you notice the difference. Yeah. my Summing and, up my feelings, I mean, it's like you say, it's a little bit, especially for me, because I like smaller phones, a little bit too big for me. It's still got the headphone jack, which I love. It's which still, is great. It's got that fingerprint Absolutely. sensor placement, which I love. Camera thing's a little bit weird. The main reason I wouldn't get one, though, is because I still like the option to go to CDMA carriers. I right. still like the option to go Verizon Sprint, Fi, et cetera. And this is GSM only like every other phone they've made. So yes. I just can't do that yet. The other thing I want to add about the 5T is that it does have 8 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage on some, on some versions, I think. Maybe all versions? I don't know. The, there, is there still a 6 gig, 64 gigabyte version, a cheaper one? Not off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, there was on the old one, but you know, us reviewers, they always send us the best one. So the one I have is eight gigs, eight, eight gigs kind of overkill, but at the same time, you know, 500 bucks, like it, you're getting a Snapdragon 835 flagship phone with a wide angle, like a widescreen display for 500. That's half the price of equivalent phones from the competition, or at least two thirds of the price. If you buy a G6 V30 S8 at a discount. Okay. Pretty impressive. But, Pretty but impressive. if we're talking about $500 for that Snapdragon 835 phone, we got to talk about $500 for the Essential. Essential. The and essential. so let's talk about the Essential. My, as I said, three weeks now playing with it on this vacation slash break I took. And I love the form factor. The size is absolutely perfect oh, and it's all screen. It's gorgeous. And I like that. It's great. Uh, also, camera has issues. The white fixed model. With, the white model. You don't I get have the, the fingerprints one. on the back yeah, the way you do Correct. with the black one. I have the white one, and when I unboxed it, I had a little mini orgasm. You should watch that video on my YouTube channel. It's pretty funny. I was like, oh, my God, I love white phones. And they send me a white review, and it's, and it's so sexy with the titanium, the bare titanium color. Oh, yeah, it's a sexy <laughs> phone, perfect size. And with the Pixel camera, the camera is serviceable. Remember that the Pixel did not have OIS and did really well that way. And this is the same thing. Basically, a, a pretty decent fast lens with a pretty decent sensor. 
uh, and a decent camera app software-wise will give you quite some great photography yeah. on the essential. So you're not completely as well. It's what, 450 right now? Oh, is it down to 450 now? I don't know. I don't How know, much I don't know if they've got a Black Friday deal. It was 500 was the price drop. If they've got a Black Friday deal, I suppose it'd be a little I think it's 450. Cheaper. Let me look. Some ridiculous number like that. Uh, now we're, we're for 500 still 500 right now. Okay. 500. Okay. Well, 500, there you go. I mean, that's a tough call. Honestly, uh, that, because it's kind of unique and different, I would go for the, I would go for the essential because I don't think the camera on the one, the five T is going to be any better. Yeah. You know, I mean the hardware on this, I mean the camera is, you're right. I don't think the five T will necessarily be better camera i i, I do want to say you're still getting a better camera in a pixel in a samsung even the uh the lg oh, yeah, but, but if slightly you're better 500 dollars, right you, you don't only have five hundred dollars right. to spend so what you're not do? getting the best camera but for 500 dollars, this is pretty phenomenal I'm, I'm actually having to re-review this phone for cnet because when i reviewed it the first time i said i think i've no got way. a quote here we deserve more than this unfinished phone i was like 700 dollars, no way the camera app's terrible the battery life's merely okay. No headphone jack. For $700, you want more than that. For 500 though, its closest competition is the, um, well, now there's the OnePlus 5T. And then there's right. the phones like the uh, Motorola Z2 Play. So we're talking about a lower class of I camera, like the Z2 a lower Play. class of processor. Yeah. And saying all that, the Z2 Play is the phone I just bought for myself two months wow. ago. It is my phone now because of the battery life. The it's battery life on the Z2 Play is already fantastic. And then you could stick a battery pack onto it with on the magnetic mods. Yeah, I, I just bought one. There was this crazy deal um, on AT&T has this deal for $10 for the Incipio uh, Moto Mods battery pack, which gives you like 150% battery life. And it does both forms of wireless charging. It's normally $80. Nice. It was 10 bucks. And I was like, okay, maybe I should just buy That's three totally of worth these it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. and then have battery for days. Excellent, excellent. I like the Z2 Play. Like I keep telling people, if you had to pick between the Z2 Force and the Z2 Play, buy the Z2 Play. It's true. It's so true. Because headphone jack, because honestly, if it's a single camera, it's a really decently sorted camera, actually, for a mid, mid-range mid camera. It's okay. And, and you know, you get the Moto Mods um, and the same industrial design as the Big Brother, but you don't get a scratching a scratchable screen like the Big Brother. Well, it's shatterproof, though. You can you could drop that, that yeah, Z2 Force screen. Yeah, but you know do you know how it's scratched on everybody? It does, everybody has scratches out the kazoo. All you got to do is you put a tempered glass screen protector on your Z2 Force. When you drop it, that thing breaks, but your screen doesn't. And you don't get the scratches either. It's the best of both worlds. That's true. Speaking of scratches, and this is because I blame the Sahara Desert where I was, <laughs> uh, the screen on my Essential is scratch to shit. Like, I cannot believe... It's interesting because I talked to the, the PR folks and I said, hey, you know, I took five phones with me to the desert, you know, Pixel 2 XL, V30, Note 8, Essential, uh, Mi Mix 2, I think that's it. That's five, right? And of all of them, the only one, and they saw the same action, you know, I tried to not dump them in the sand, but, you know, in the desert, you're going to end up with some sand in your pockets accidentally, like tiny amounts of it, like little grains of it, not like buckets of sand in my pockets. And so 
I, I was prepared from a few scratches from the sand and none of my phones have scratches except the essential. And the essential is not the back, just the front. Here's the back my question. Ceramic. Here's my question. Are any of your other phones using Gorilla Glass 5? Mm, probably not. Here's, I might get in trouble for this, but this is something I've been starting to investigate a little bit. Gorilla Glass 5, as you might know, um, the Corning's latest, you know, Gorilla Glass cover for these different phones. It is it's more shatterproof. It's designed to be more shatterproof. And the thing about glass is like well, think about any material you're gonna going to use for one of these things, is there's always a trade-off between scratching and shattering. Because the harder you right. make something, the less likely the it's going it to yeah, more yeah. brittle is. More li less likely it's gonna scratch, the more likely it's going to break. And this is not just, and the essential phone uses Gorilla Glass 5, and it's getting mysterious scratches. And you know what else uses Gorilla Glass 5? Am I not the 5? only one? Am I not the only one? Are you talking about other people getting scratches on the essential then? Or and what? I'm talking about the iPhone 8. Ah. And I'm talking about the iPhone 10. And I'm talking about, uh, what was the other phone I tried the other day that mysteriously got a scratch? And so I was playing around with this stuff, and I was like, wait a second, where did these mysterious scratches come from? I walked into an Apple store with an iPhone 8 that I was trying to uh, fix an issue with, and, and all of a sudden there was this crazy scratch on the screen. It's like, what's going on there? And I was like, oh, interesting how all of these Gorilla Glass 5 phones are getting scratches where the Gorilla Glass 4 phones weren't. It's weird. So I think there's something so going on there. My, yeah, my essential phone is a really bad example now because if you look at the front glass, it's, a v it's not immediately visible, but the moment you get a bit of an angle and a reflection on it, you're like, whoa, what, whoa, what happened? Um, Sahara Desert Sand is what happened. <laughs> a few grains got in my pocket somehow, I don't know. I do have a tiny scratch tiny tiny one on the in the middle of my mimix 2 as well but i don't think that's gorilla glass 5 mm, and then sure. my pixel 2 xl is spotless my note 8 is spotless my v30 is spotless it's very weird because they all got used in the same conditions in similar pockets i do not understand it as an aside on this trip i use the pixel 2 xl as my main camera shooter particularly for low light shots i use the v30 for all the wide angle shots the note 8 for all the telephoto shots right of course the luxury i have here wow <laughs> and then uh, the essential and the me mix two were kind of like uh wild cards i was like well i just received them before flying out might as well just take them on the trip and see what happens and the essential as i said with the pixel camera app is great the me mix two has a decent camera out of the box but you can't install the um the pixel camera yeah. uh the drawback of the me mix two i love the phone in every way it's but it's a bit bigger than i'd like it to be even though it's bezel-less on three sides is that the drawback is that the camera app is kind of crap like there's no auto hdr at all so you have to manually switch hdr on and off <laughs> and when i try to install the pixel cam that would do this for me it just crashes so basically i'm i'm sol i have yeah. to go i have to find another way like basically the the that's what kills the me mix to photography wise for me but in every other way i mean the one they sent me is like the super expensive gold uh ceramic one that's i gotta really say fancy. if you've never seen the me mix 2 try to, to yeah look look up some pictures of it right now and then try to get your hands on one in person because it is just 
phenomenal design. This the screen on the front of that, like it looks like it's all screen. They say the iPhone ten is all screen. They say this V thirty and the Samsung is all screen. This is a phone that puts those other claims to shame. But you know what's interesting because to me the essential feels even more like that. Even though it has a notch, it feels like. It goes really to the edge. I feel that compared to the original Mi Mix, the Mi Mix 2 does have a bit of bezel now. Like, it, there's a little bit, there's a millimeter or two there, whereas the Essential really feels like it goes right to the edges. Ah, the camera notch kind of kills it for me. I mean, I know some people are, it's, it's a polarizing thing. Some people care about the notch, some don't. I like the way the notch looks in certain apps, like in Google Maps. It's kind of cool that you got that little dip there, but... Overall, it, it kind of kills that effect for me. Also, with the white version, you kind of get that halo around the edge. So when you're looking at it on space, you don't just see the screen. You also see that white halo. Right. But I don't know. For me, the Xiaomi just, just blows me out of the water. And that's so not I want just to- the Mi Mix 2. Earlier Xiaomi's, too, have been doing this. You know, you look at it and it's kind of just screen is what you see. Even when they had bezel, it just blended into the bezel beautifully. So here's what's interesting. I went to Gorilla at Corning's website, and Gorilla Glass 5 is on the following products. Uh, I mean, a whole bunch, but I'm not going to read them all, but the ones that matter to us. Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus. Yeah. But no no Note 8. Is it the front or the back or both? Um, That's the question. That is a good question. I remember because one the, of those phones used it on the front, but not the back. I think it's the back because the front on my Note 8, well, assuming the Note 8 is the same, you know, glass choices as the S8 and S8 Plus, uh, the... As I said, the front glass of my Note 8 is spotless, despite the sand. The back has a few scratches, but they're mostly in the four corners, you know, because you put the phone on maybe concrete or glass face up, and the back ends up having a little, you know, corner scuffiness. But it's very, very, very minor. Uh, The HTC Bolt, HTC 10 Evo, HTC U Ultra... Uh, I have a feeling they haven't updated this in a while S8, because all these phones are pretty S8 old. is both sides. S8 is of, of, the, of the Galaxy S8 and the S8 Plus. Well, I didn't sides. bring those to the desert, but I brought a Note 8. I'm assuming the Note 8 is the same. Probably. Uh, Huawei P10 and P10 Plus are Gorilla Glass 5 um, and the OnePlus 5, the not 5T, the 5. Mm, interesting. Interesting, huh? Well, anyway, who knows? The point is that uh, I was surprised that just the essential got so scuffed up and not the other ones in the same condition. So something is up there. And uh, I don't know. It's uh, too bad because now my essential kind of looks a little worn out. Ceramic on the back, though. I wish more manufacturers would use ceramic. This thing is so tough not just from scratches, but also drops. We dropped the shit out of this essential phone for CNET, and that ceramic back survived everything. And then you think about the iPhone 10, where you have to pay like $500 if you break the glass back on that thing. Why couldn't they use ceramic? Please use ceramic. I know, ceramic is magic. And the Mi Mix 2, uh, at least certain versions of it are ceramic. Uh, the one I have is, uh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I, I love, I mean, I'm really impressed with the industrial design and the, uh, the user-friendliness of the form factor of the essential. And so, you know, I'm... I'm I'm gung ho, especially at the five hundred dollar price point, and especially if you use the Pixel camera app, you you know you no longer have the drawbacks you had when you reviewed it. And then the V thirty is a phenomenal phone. As you, the audio on that phone, oh my god, the audio out of the headphone jack out of the on the V thirty is just sublime. The speakers are shit. Sublime, speaker, I should say. But the, oh yeah, but the headphone jack is bad, it has a headphone yeah. jack for one thing because this is a water resistance IP sixty eight phone. 
that has a headphone jack. Only Samsung's phones and this yep. are water resistant with a headphone jack. And this thing is Correct. it's great. I I, I, the, I I you have to have decent headphones. I do have to say that if you plug oh, yeah. in any old earbuds, you will not notice a difference at all. I tried it. But if it, you do the right thing and like, use the right earbuds or headphones, yeah. oh my god. With my Bose QC25, uh, it was ooh, this is better. And with a pair of Grottos, it was oh, just insane, so right? much better. I know. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, if you're an audiophile like I am, like this is, you know, I listen to that phone on all the on this trip as my main audio listening device with headphones and it was, you know, beautiful and amazing to be able to just you know kind of like absorb that that musical goodness when i was in you know maybe like a stressful travel environment like an airplane or whatever just great um and no other phone i have delivers that right it's now kind of, so it's kind of an ignorance is bliss thing i mean it's kind of an ignorance is bliss thing because you don't know what you're missing and i suppose you could keep not knowing what you're missing but I, I I do wish that there were more headphone jacks, and if they're going to be putting headphone jacks in products, maybe think about adding this, you know, digital audio converter, the nice quad DAC they stuck in this thing, you know. I, what I want to see is a quad DAC, hi-fi DAC, the ESS chip that's in there. Mm -hmm. I want to see the first company to make that into a USB Type-C dongle. And then it solves the problem. Then we have that on any phone. Uh, I'm not. I'm not for dongles. Sorry. No, neither am I. But I'm just saying, like, considering more and more of the phones in my pockets have no headphone jack, Essential, Pixel Two XL. Who knows what's next? Yeah. Mi Mix Two. Uh, I don't know. Well, Razer. Tell me what you think of the Razer phones dongle, because they say they stuck a nice DAC in there. So, so the dongle for the Essential is the best sounding one so far to me. Okay. Um. The second best one, believe it or not, is a Pixel 2 XL and Pixel 2 dongles. Hmm. Uh, the worst sounding one so far, and this is really sad considering HTC's history with oh. uh, really high quality audio, is the U11s. Uh, really bad. Avoid it at all costs. Uh, go to the Google store, buy a Pixel 2 dongle, which is readily available and easy to get yeah. and easily shipped in the US and replace your U11 dongle with that. Cheap, Trust me, too. it will be... It'll cost a lot. Yeah, it, it is insane how bad the U11 one sounds. It is just the crappiest, cheapest DAC and headphone amp they could stick in there. Uh, whereas the Pixel 2, they seem to have kind of done a ba nice balance between quality and cost. And I think the essential one, they didn't care about cost because they were going for that premium thing. Um, and so, of course, I don't know if you can buy the essential dongle readily or not, but uh, the Mi Mix 2, I haven't tested the dongle yet, but I'll let you know what I, what I discover. Uh, okay. It's got to be pretty decent. Anyway. So if we're talking about audio quality... We're talking yeah. about crazy audio. And if we're talking about ignorance is bliss, we got to talk about yeah. the Razer phone some more. Because, okay, just, just two things you should know about the Razer phone. Three things you should know about the Razer phone. One, um, it's way too expensive at $700. This is another phone that sh came out at $700, should be $500. Like this, It will I'm be sure. soon. I'm Don't sure. worry. <laughs> yes. <It> will not, <laughs> I, either that or like many Razer products, it will simply disappear. Because that also happens with Razer products. Very often they'll make something for a small group of people and just say, hey, we made it. We made a big splash in the PR landscape. Uh, we made a lot of you know noise and now we're going to just disappear this product. That happens too. But maybe it'll go down to $500. i am hoping it does because at $500 at any price, but especially $500 when this phone actually becomes reasonably priced, the speakers on this thing are insane. 
Ah, that's what I heard. They get so loud that people do not want to be in the same room with me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you made enemies I, at work? Not, not yet. Not yet. But without getting ridiculously distorted, they're actually reasonably clear. And I'm not saying they got bass. I'm not saying this is a, this is a, a phone all of a sudden that can replace real speakers in your house. But I tell you, this this phone, the speakers on this phone single-handedly create the argument for why laptop manufacturers have no excuse with shitty speakers. Because these speakers yep. blast the crap out of any laptop I've ever used. No wow. question. Uh, in terms of volume and in terms of clarity. I, I put them next to, um, you know, and, and all the other phones I got in my house. And not only can you not hear the other phones over the speakers here, but it sounds <laughs> way better and clearer. The exception is if you take one of those giant, um, practically Bluetooth speaker-sized Moto mods and you stick that on. The, I was like, going to say, does, is boost. it better than the JBL? It is not sound, better. Exactly. Is it better than It's that? not universally better than the JBL Soundboost because the JBL Soundboost has That's a bass, pretty good mod. Has bass. That sounds, that, it's a great sounding it's mod. It's a good sounding it? mod. It's a good sounding mod. Yep. It's got bass. It's yep. got some clarity. I would say that for mids, the razors are actually clearer <laughs> in some ah, of the scenarios I've used. Probably because they're focused on that. But they just get so freaking loud and kind of clear. And it's amazing that they do that. And laptop manufacturers have no excuse anymore. But why do I want a pair of super loud speakers on a phone? That's what I haven't figured out. Yeah, you out. want a good headphone jack instead. Because honestly, for me, look, everybody always says, like, yeah, but, you know, this phone has great speaker. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't do speaker phone calls with the speaker. And every now and then I need to share a YouTube video with someone. And I'm usually in, a in too loud of an environment anyway that mm -hmm. even if the speaker is good, it's not loud enough. So, no, I don't care. I want to give me an ESS quad hi-fi dock yeah. any time of the day day and day of the week at least I, if i want to plug some speakers that are for sharing i will good i got a whole bunch of really cheap and decent quality bluetooth speakers floating around my place and they told me straight up that the reasons this phone doesn't have a headphone jack and the reasons this phone is not water resistant are both because of the speakers they needed a lot of you know grating in order for the air to come out of the speakers so obviously can't be water resistant there and the, the, they take up the physical space that you'd need to put the headphone sure. jack in so the two yeah, things i, I would that. want from this phone are not there because of the speakers and it's, it's ah it's kind of annoying it's, interesting decision right it's really annoying to me because they're amazing and they and they and they like if you that's what you want in a phone, sure. I just don't know anybody who'd want that in a phone. But the other, the yeah. other piece, ignorance is bliss again, is the screen. <laughs> 120 hertz display yeah, on this thing. It's a big deal. I agree. It is a crazy big deal. And I don't know if anybody's ever going to realize how big a deal it is because most people are never going to touch one of these phones. And you can't capture this well, in a maybe video. Maybe other you manufacturers have to see it for like yourself. maybe Maybe Samsung will have that on their phone soon. Maybe. You know? But the other thing is, it's. Well, okay, so Razer's head of mobile, Tom Moss, he told me, and this is a direct quote you use this for a week and then go to any other phone, you're going to be upset. Because. I believe it. The screen is so smooth, he claimed, that you go back to other phones, they look choppy. Well, you know what? I just did, and it's true. Every other it. phone on my desk here, I've got an LG V30, I've got an Essential phone, I've got a Moto uh, a, a Z2 Play, and I've got an iPhone 8 Plus here. All of them look choppy now that I've been using this Razer phone. It's crazy. Yep. Like, uh, 
Android phones have always been a little bit choppier than iPhone, even with, you know, their, uh, what was that, that, that software rendering technique they added to Android a while back, I can't remember what it was, Project I Butter or whatever. That butter, they had, yeah. yeah. added Butter to Android, it was kind of funny. Uh, anyhow. Mm, butter. It still wasn't quite up to Apple standard. And yes, even no. now, I'm looking at this iPhone, and it's not as choppy as the Android phones, but it still looks choppy compared to the Razer. I've gotten used yeah. to this ridiculous smoothness all the time, and now everything else looks terrible. You are now a slave to the black monolith, Sean. I know, I know, but I'm not going to buy this thing because <laughs> I don't have a headphone jack, and I don't need the speakers, and it's you know too much money. And so I, I hope that I'm just going to get used to 60 hertz screens again. Maybe it'll in another week or two of not using the Razer phone, I'll be back. But it makes me think that this is where phones are going to go shortly, that they're going to go to the 120 hertz screens because it's this, it's this form of lock-in almost um, that For sure, manufacturers yeah. will have to. It's or like else. Retina. Once you live with Retina, right? Like I have Retina on my laptop, but I don't have Retina on my desktop. And it's like every time on my desktop, yes, I enjoy the screen real estate, but ugh, ugh, right? It's, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, what you need to do, Sean, is go find a phone that runs at 30 hertz for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like a Moto E4. Not that that's a bad phone, but I don't think it runs at 30 hertz anyway. But I'm just saying, like, find something really cheap and low end and get back in the groove, okay? All right. <laughs> I will I'll now, try to do that. Uh, let's finish this podcast with one more topic, which is 10th anniversary of snapdragon yeah snapdragon that was last week or the week before i can't remember but it's been 10 years since the snapdragon s1 wow which came on the g1 <laughs> or the htc dream technically which i think is actually Did they even call it snapdragon then i don't think so uh, i thought it had like maybe they or retroactively called it a snapdragon <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to look it look, up right now. <laughs> 10 years, it's been quite the Snapdragon adventure. I have an HTC Dream right here, by the way. Of course you do. Doesn't everyone? Of course. It was my first phone. Um, so what's your take on Snapdragon? Of 10 years, uh, how much we've changed in 10? Remember, single core, 700 megahertz. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of taken over everything in the United States uh, at any decent, you know, mid-range to high-end phone they're all snapdragon but it's not because i mean snapdragon is great i i like the chips i like what they do for me uh the the integrated graphics of them have always been decent the connectivity's always always been pretty good but the reason they're so ridiculously popular here is not because of any of those things it's because of qualcomm's crazy market power and their crazy you know exclusivity arrangements and deals with these companies behind the scenes and the fact that you know uh, as as miriam was alluding to earlier that they basically they build entire phones except for the externals for companies which then tweak them and turn them around and turn them into the phones you see in front of you uh, yeah, they do so much of the legwork that, there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that at all uh but it's this it's this thing where it's great that they are good at what they do and they build great products because if they had this kind of power they did and didn't, the phone market wouldn't be very good right now. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, honestly, there, there are not that many players anymore in, this, in the chipset market, right? I mean, there's Apple, which keeps it all to themselves. 
and has it made by Samsung for them, mm-hmm. right? Manufacturing wise, so far, yeah, uh, f- so far for the ten nanometer or whatever. Uh, then there is, of course, Samsung doing Exynos, but we haven't seen an Exynos phone in the U.S. in a while now. No, they sell them abroad, so we don't really know if they're competitive or not. Yeah. I'm sure that Ars Technica has done some deep research on that. Or um, who else would have done some re- deep research on that? Anantech, Anantech, if they're still around? Yeah, Anantech's still around. Anand works for okay. Apple now. No, I know. Anand his, and uh, Brian, Brian both Cluck. work yeah, for they Apple. They both work for Apple. <sighs> so, so they sad. lost some of their uh, some of their brains, but they, they still do a lot of great stuff in Anantech. Okay, um, good to know. And then there is then there is uh, there's Kirin right there's uh, Huawei mm-hmm. has their own chipsets which are really good really strong uh, Kirin nine sixty I think is the latest right now something like that and then and then uh, we have MediaTek, MediaTek which is May of course May. I don't know why they haven't I mean I mean I guess that's not their forte is high end they they focus mostly on the lower end of things and forward yeah and they make a lot of money doing that so I mean they don't need to they don't really need to go high end but it does mean that there isn't a lot of competition for Qualcomm. And then, of course, there's and NVIDIA, there's which is oh, NVIDIA. only in its own NVIDIA products and in the Nintendo Switch because they got pushed out of the phone market. They couldn't, well, they couldn't really get yeah, into so it. So they don't really count. They didn't have the, uh, the modems. They don't so they really count. Right? Yeah, they don't really count. And then Intel doesn't really count either, even though they've made some uh, atom based phones in the past. So really, we have Qualcomm, Samsung, Huawei, and Apple. That's it. Yep. I mean, MediaTek doesn't count. Yeah. So there you go. So, I mean, obviously, if you are a smartphone manufacturer, Huawei seems to be keeping the high-end stuff to themselves. Apple is obviously keeping everything to themselves. Samsung seems to be keeping the Exynos high-end stuff to themselves. So what do you have left? MediaTek? Meh. Or uh, Qualcomm. And that's... You know, that's pretty, that's just a huge achievement, I think, for, for an American company based in San Diego here to have really become such a dominant force. And I think the other reason for that is Qualcomm, you know, it's not just really a chip maker. They are a radio maker. Yes. They are the people who invented CDMA, uh, the, 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 the kind that's used by Verizon and Sprint, which actually set the, up the groundwork for th- what we call WCDMA used by GSM for 3G, HSPA. They showed the world that CDMA was a thing that could be used for faster data. And then the European, you know, where rest of the world consortium of GSM association and stuff went ahead and drafted the 3G spec with that uh, based on that technology. And then, you know, uh, they've been very significant playing LTE and the development of LTE. And instead of kind of doing the us versus them thing mm-hmm. that they did back then, because they were in bed with the U.S. carriers a lot, they actually uh, kind of joined the, the the GSM consortium to be a part of the LTE thing, so that they could very early on include LTE uh, chips in their in the phones that were power efficient, and then eventually bundle this together inside the system on a chip inside the actual processor. And that's the big thing that Qualcomm has brought to the table. They were the first to really do this, which is to integrate LTE and 3G and 2G and all Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and GPS all in the same chip as the processor. And that's what really pushed everybody else out of the market because Intel couldn't do that. NVIDIA couldn't do that. They tried. They really tried. But they weren't able to do that, and they especially weren't able to do that with LTE. They were able to do it with 3G technology, but when it came time to do LTE, which is what everybody wanted, they just couldn't do it in a speedy and power-efficient way. It took them forever to do it at all, 
And Qualcomm just ate up everything in the market at that point. And not just the hardware. They provided software solutions for phone manufacturers. If you're making a phone and you needed some sort of AR capability or an ISP for your camera or a DS digital signal processor to do noise reduction on your voice calls or have a headphone amp that was decent or have a speaker system in the phone that was decent or have a touchscreen driver or a fingerprint You like always on li- always on uh, listening for your voice assistant Correct. on your phone. All that That's stuff. something Qualcomm, Qualcomm showed us at CES like yeah. a year before it was everywhere. Exactly. And look, the fingerprint reader under the screen this year, they announced that um, and they have a solution for that. So you got to give them credit for for all that good stuff. And, you know, honestly, they're a really good bunch of people. I really enjoy uh, every time I meet the Qualcomm folks. It's a, it's a, you know, that's, that also helps. You know, there are so many companies that us journalists interface with and we kind of, you know, grind our teeth, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, indeed. And Qualcomm is always just super nice and super friendly and super accessible. You know, you email them, you get the answers you want. It's just, it's just nice. It's kind of like, you know, Folks like Jeff at HTC and Eric at OnePlus, people who really care about the way they work with journalists and, you know, these are kind of, these are kind of people who make our jobs so much easier. Indeed. So, uh, so yeah. CDMA note, though. CDMA. Let's talk quickly about CDMA. Okay. I know this is something very important that a lot of people don't understand. So can you give us like the two minutes cliff notes because we're, we're kind of running out of time. Yeah. So, um, like like Miriam and I were just saying, CDMA is this 3G, 2G and 3G uh, radio technology, mostly 2G, I guess is the base of it, that um, Qualcomm was had this big hand in and is kind of the reason, one of the big reasons they're still so dominant in the United States, because if you want to make voice calls on uh, Verizon and on Sprint and activate your phones on those networks and some of the white label networks they work with, you've got to have CDMA radios and antennas in your phone. But... Those networks are going away. In 2019, uh, Verizon is sunsetting, late 2019 and into 2020, Verizon is sunsetting its CDMA network. It's trying to push everybody onto LTE. Woohoo, finally! And this is a big freaking deal because, one, it allows manufacturers to use chips that are not necessarily Qualcomm radios and or have to pay licensing fees to Qualcomm in order to get their phones up and running on networks. And two, it means that all of the voice calls we're making can be on LTE. It can all be data instead of having to work with the old telephone networks necessarily. Um, and we can move to more sane models for all of this stuff, assuming that there isn't so much profit in keeping things confusing that the manufacturers and carriers stick with something dumb anyway. True. And so in terms of phones, like I'll give you an example, the HTC U11 was the first phone on Verizon that was LTE only. So it's starting. There are some phones out there that you um, that only use the LTE's network. And so when you do a voice call, it's over LTE. And so, of course, if you're in a 2G, 3G legacy CDMA area, with those phones, you're not going to get any signal. But hopefully I, you aren't, and hopefully they fix that so that you won't be. Well, I mean, obviously they, they've got a pretty good rollout Verizon on LTE, and so it's it's closing the gap. But that's the only thing you should be aware of is like if you are in an urban center or suburban area, anywhere where you see LTE on your Verizon phone, 
you can go with one of those phones that doesn't support CDMA and you'll be fine. But if you're in an area where oftentimes your phone goes to 3G or CDMA or EVDO or something like that mm -hmm. on the display, then you're going to be SOL if you buy a phone that doesn't support CDMA anymore. Yeah, look at that indicator that. on the top of your phone. If you see it going to one of those technologies, that means that in that area, you just don't have the LTE yet. But what I'm really excited about is Snap. Soon I'll be able to buy phones, hopefully, like the Razer phone, or which I'm not going to buy, but or the uh, OnePlus 5T from companies that just can't afford to make multiple versions of their phones for CDMA and for GSM. They stick with GSM because it's less expensive, and most of the rest of the world is already just GSM anyway, because they're all on LTE. Theoretically, in the near future... Any U.S. carrier, I could take one of those phones and it is correct. Another carrier because they'd all be yeah, on the same technology instead of relying on CDMA. And the first phone sold unlocked like that is the U11. So if you buy the unlocked version of the U11, not the Sprint version, but the unlocked version, it will work on on Verizon. It's officially supported by Verizon, but it's LTE only. Nice. So we should wrap it up, Sean. Yeah. What uh, can you tell the listeners about yourself? Where can they find you on Twitter and all that other good stuff? Oh, yes. Uh, Starfire2258. That's S-T-A-R-F-I-R-E. The digits 225 and 8 is my zany Twitter handle, which carries over from a long time ago in high school. And yep. then uh, I'm at CNET.com. You can read my work there. I just did a whole bunch of Black Friday stuff, including a huge gaming deal guide. So if you want a PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or lots of games, there are great prices there right now that are running out. Hopefully, they'll still be available over the weekend if you're listening to this then. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then the V30 review, I will link to it in the show notes. Yep. Uh, check that out. Razer phone review early next week. Awesome. Look for that too. And yeah, and that's that's where you can find Sean and you know where to find me. I'm uh, Tankgirl, T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character without the vowels on Twitter. And you can find my YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash Miriam Joir, my full name, Miriam with a Y. Uh, and of course, this podcast is hosted by World Podcasts and uh, you can find it at mobiletechpodcast.com and also on iTunes and Pocket Casts, et cetera, et cetera. Stay tuned for next week. Uh, we'll have a show midweek. And uh, thanks for being on, Sean. It's awesome. Great to have me here. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.